in dealing with this, it's so important that we learn to grow in the Lord. Could you say amen? Just learn to grow, not just take things for granted, but actually seek to grow in understanding and in knowledge in the Lord. Uh, let me just pause and interject because I, I need to do this right here. Uh, uh, on, uh, we have the memorial service coming up for Mike Tananga and Bill and Lori's son, uh, who uh, was in the tragic accident there uh, at the end of February. And so we're having the memorial service, and it's being held at the Coloma Grange on Saturday the 30th. And Pastor Sue needs some folks who would help. We're providing the food for the reception afterwards for those who attend. So if you'd like to be involved in providing, you can see her with what she needs and help. Some guys that could help with some setup and doing that same thing. So let us know so we can love on Bill and Lori. Amen? Amen. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Thank you. Second uh, Peter chapter 3 says this, and the title of my message this morning is that now that you've been filled with the Spirit and teaching on this, the reason going back to this is that even though we're what would be uh, labeled as a Spirit-filled church, a Pentecostal church, charismatic church, whatever label you want to give it, I just like to believe we're a Bible, we still do it all church, hallelujah. And uh, from that standpoint, and believe that it is all available to us today, we're not a cessation church. We believe that, that things didn't end with the apostles, and uh, those things are still in the church today. So we've gone quite a bit really teaching in depth about what the Bible says. Are you doing all right? What the Bible says. And I shared with you, I actually pastored a church for six years before we planted this church 30 years ago this year, is that in, in walking with that and people that were totally different background and understand this, and we just walked through the Bible and God did amazing things. It's amazing when you read the Bible for yourself. Amen? And, and get the, the understanding for yourself in dealing with that. But in this, that the message about this is now that you've been filled with the Spirit and the understanding that being baptized with the Holy Spirit is more than just praying in other tongues. There's more to the Holy Spirit than just a prayer language. Can you say amen? More to him than that. And so that's what we want to look at. First, Second Peter chapter 3, verse 18 says this, But grow in grace, in the grace and the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Grow in the grace and the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Many people stop at grace at just being saved. But grace is not, it, we are saved by grace, not by works of our own, but it is the gift of God. We're completely saved by grace. Would you agree? God does that work for it, the saving grace of God. But grace encompasses so much more than just our salvation. When you uh, uh, participated in the offering, 2 Corinthians chapter 8, Paul encourages the church at Corinth to participate in the grace of giving. That giving is actually a grace. And what grace is, you can write this down on the back of your outline if it is. My friend Rocky Walker gave the best definition. I've used it ever since he, I heard him say it in 1986. And I don't know whether he got it, made it up, but by now it's mine because it's been so long I can say it's my definition. Amen. But it is just simply this. The definition of grace is God's power at the point of your need. Grace is God's power at the point of your need. You needed to be saved. You could do, do nothing about it. So the power of God's grace came to bear upon your life. Anything you need. The Apostle Paul said in 2 Corinthians 12, when he was praying about the thorn in the flesh, that he was being buffeted every time he preached. He said, Lord, it would be nice to preach and not be beat up after church. So he's praying that the persecution would be lifted. And the Lord said, my grace is sufficient for you. So Paul was already saved, but the Lord says, that my grace is sufficient for you because when you are weak, 
then my grace will make you strong. And Paul said, I will glory in my weakness so that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Are you with me? And so it's so important to understand. So Peter is encouraging us to grow in the grace and the knowledge. Go with me to Colossians chapter 1 in your Bible. And so growing in knowledge is so important in our lives. Colossians chapter 1 and verses 9 and 10. For this reason we also, since the day we heard of it, meaning their faith and acceptance of the Lord, do not cease to pray for you and to ask that you may be filled with the knowledge of His will. That you may be filled with the knowledge. Somebody say knowledge. So that you may be filled with the knowledge of His will. I've had people all the time say, I just don't know the will of God. Well, Paul is praying that you would be filled with the knowledge of His will. God's will is not mysterious. It is made known. It's revealed. God's will is His word. And concerning us. And we are participation. And we walk with God by walking in His word. Amen. In, in, in the knowledge of His will, in all wisdom and spiritual understanding. Somebody say spiritual understanding. It means you're not going to get it with just your head. You're going to have to have it revealed also in your spirit. Verse 10, that you may have a walk worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing Him, being fruitful in every good work, and increasing. Somebody say increasing increasing in the knowledge of God. So it's God's will that we, we begin. Even as Peter says, as newborn babes, we grow. But the way we grow is we grow in our knowledge and our understanding of God and of His Word and His will for our life. So look at the cover of your outline. It's important for us all as we grow in the Lord to begin to partake of and enter into all that is ours in Christ. How many know that we have, the Bible is just filled of everything that it means and the benefits that come to us from being in Christ. Even I, I, I like where it says in Ephesians that God is able to do exceedingly and abundantly above all that we ask or think. But that isn't where it ends. It says according to the power that works in us. So there's power in us, and so we have the ability to walk in the might and the power of God. There are so many blessings that belong to us and benefit in our life in Christ. It is also equally important that we take time to learn the benefits of being baptized and filled with the Holy Spirit. The first people ever to be filled with the Spirit were the 120 in the upper room on the day of Pentecost, which was the 11 disciples, or actually the 12, because they had replaced Judas with Matthias, and then the, the 108 others, or nine others, both men and women. This was a brand new experience in their life. None of them had ever experienced anything like this before, and they could have easily asked the same question as the crowd asked, what does this mean? So the crowd, hearing and seeing what was happening, going, what is this? And I'm sure the disciples and those in the upper room had the same question. It's important to understand that being baptized and filled with the Holy Spirit is the gateway to many new and exciting experiences in our walk with the Lord. So we want to look at a few of these things so that we can begin to develop them in our own lives and become a blessing to others. God's will for your life is not just for you to be blessed. Amen. God's purpose is bigger than your personal blessing. Amen. He wants you blessed, but more than anything else, He wants you to know that your greatest blessing comes when you accept being a blessing to somebody else. Amen. And allow Him to work through your life through that area. Think about that. For some of this, though, this might just simply mean fanning into a flame and stirring up the gifts that we use uh, to walk in. 
And I get that way. I don't know about you. Just because I've been a pastor for 38 years, just because I've been saved for 40 years and doing all that stuff, it doesn't mean that I don't get stuck in the rut of routine. And so we have to stir things up. We have to desire for a fresh relationship. If you've been married over three weeks, you need to rekindle your romance. Amen. Because after three weeks, you're home from the honeymoon, no matter how much money you had to spend. And once you spend all that money on the honeymoon, now you're back to reality. Nobody's making your bed for you. Nobody's cooking for you. Amen. So now you're back to doing life. And so you're going to have to say, wait a minute, I actually liked this person before we went on that trip. Amen. And so, but walking with that, so how do you have longevity? I, I remember Frank and Dean Graber, who were in our, our, our church for so many years. They both passed away, and just great mom and pop of our church for, for, for decades. And uh, Dean, Mama Dean would just say this. Grandma Dean just say, hey, never lose the romance. Never lose the romance. Never lose your romance for your spouse, and never lose your romance for God. Never lose your romance for God. So keep following. How many of you sing that song? I keep falling in love with him over and over, over and over again. Amen? So, but just keep falling in love with the Lord. So sometimes it's just stirring something up that we've already walked in. But let me give you this encouragement. You need your own personal discovery in the truths of the Word of God. You cannot rely on the pastor, the preacher, the teacher to do your discovery for you. It's not my job to discover everything for you. I am the appetizer. That's really all I am. So we, we go out, you go out to eat and they go, would you like an appetizer? The appetizer is not the meal. It's the thing that gets your juices flowing where you're ready to eat and you're hungry and it stirs things up. And now you're ready for the full course. Hey, Ben. Sue and I had dinner the other night. We got blessed to go see the, the, the uh, 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 Chris Tomlin concert. It was awesome. Ariana was there. We had a great time. It was awesome. And so worship time. So we went out to dinner before, and we were given a gift card even to go to dinner. It was a good night. Amen. So we're sitting there. But we ordered this cucumber, green tomato, uh, avocado thing. And the lady brought it. She goes, oh, that's very green. I said, yes, it is. So we got green tomatoes, green cucumbers, green avocados, and something else that was green on there. Amen. And then some brown sauce. And so that was kind of weird. But anyway, it, you eat that and you go, okay, now I'm ready to eat. Now I'm ready to dive in. The reason I give you outline, the reason I put so much in there is, one, because I talk really fast and you'll never be able to keep up. Two, because I always give you more than you're going to be able to retain. But it's not about you all getting it in one sitting. It's about giving something that you can go home and study. That if you really want to grow with God, you have a resource in your hand. Where Our goal is to resource you in your desire to grow in the knowledge of God. But you have to do your own discovery. So I encourage you to do this. Read the book of Acts all the way through. If you want to know about the Holy Spirit, especially the baptism of the Holy Spirit, read the book of Acts. The book of Acts is the only part of Scripture that t gives us the, the pattern and it gives us the experience of people being baptized with the Holy Spirit, receiving the promise of the Father. And then read 1 Corinthians 12, 13, and 14. Read them over and over again and keep a journal with you and let the Holy Spirit write down what the Holy Spirit is showing you in the Word about He works through the lives of His people. In the lives of believers. So that you are beginning to discover truth for yourself. Can you say Amen.
You might agree with what I say, but you will believe what you discover for yourself. Your faith has to be built on your own foundation of discovery. So look inside the scriptures, Aaron. And I always encourage people, because especially when it comes to the Holy Spirit, everybody who says that tongues isn't for day tries to prove that by going to a a letter written to a tongue-talking church. 1 Corinthians was a tongue-talking church. Their problem was with the operation of tongue is they were out of order and just doing all kinds of crazy stuff with it. And so Paul brought it back into order. That's why I said do everything decently in order, but forbid, don't forbid to speak with tongue. So we try to do that there, and then they pull scriptures out and all that. So if the baptism of the Holy Spirit is only in the book of Acts, but the gifts and the ministry and how God wants to flow through your life are in 1 Corinthians 12, 13, and 14. Are you with me? So look inside your outline. I have to go through these fairly quickly in this service this morning. But I want to give you five basic benefits that accompany being baptized and filled with the Holy Spirit. That term baptized and filled with, they're interchangeable. You hear them in different contexts, but they go together. But it's so important. The will of God is for us to be a Spirit-filled people. You're born again of the Spirit. The fruit of the Spirit in you is the regenerating work of the Holy Spirit. Right now, if you've accepted Christ on the inside, the Holy Holy Spirit is remodeling you on the inside. Amen. You're a fixer-upper whether you know it or not. Amen. And he's better at it than Chip and Diana or Joanna or whatever the Gaineses are. Amen. Hallelujah. And you'll like it when he's done. I mean, no, that's cool when they do the reveal. Amen. I'm waiting for the heaven reveal when God pulls it back. Aren't you glad I worked on you? Amen. Hallelujah. How many know he'll do a better remodel job than you will? Praise the Lord. So look at number one. What's the first benefit that we receive? Number one, we receive words to witness. Being baptized with the Holy Spirit, we receive words to witness. Last week, I I preached to you about you shall receive power. Acts 1.8, after the Holy Ghost has come upon you, you shall receive power. Luke 24.49, go and tarry in Jerusalem till you are in, dude with power, clothed with power. And we gave you a lesson on that, a little raw, uncensored. I'm a little more refined this morning, but... uh, that, that, that is the essence. And so what it means is the main reason for the baptism of the Holy Spirit is to be endued with power or to be His witness. To be empowered to be a witness of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ and to preach His gospel to the world. People said, well, I want to know what God's will is for my life. God's will for your life and for every believer's life is lost people. God, has one, God is doing one thing in the earth. He's reaching the lost. And once you're saved, the purpose of discipleship, people say, I want to be discipled. I want to be mentored. Good. But after you're discipled and mentored, go win somebody else to the Lord. Be a disciple maker. Raise people up. And so you reach people and then they reach people. You reach people and they reach people. God's will for our lives is to reach people, not just to preach to the choir. I'm going to digress just for a second. I kind of got upset. I am completely, fundamentally, biblically, scripturally, morally, and personally, adamantly against abortion. On every level, in every shape, in in every way. I'm I'm just completely. I, I do not believe in murder in the womb. I believe a mother's womb should be the safest place on earth. But as we walked out of the concert on Friday night, here's a guy with a blowhorn on the street preaching against abortion. And quoting all the scripture, I'm like, dude, you're preaching to the choir. 
So, so, so many times, we're not called to preach to the choir or just reach people. You're called to reach people who don't know. And you're probably not going to win the argument with the blowhorn on a street corner. You understand? And so, but we're called to be a witness, and that's God's will for our life. So once we're filled with the Spirit, we'll begin to notice a new power of words in our lives. Words will begin to flow from our hearts, and we will wonder where they're coming from. Some of you may have experienced that. Somebody begins to ask you, you've been saved, and then you get baptized with the Holy Spirit, and now somebody talks to you, and you feel these words, the Holy Spirit quickening, bringing word to your remembrance in your life. These words come from the new anointing of the Holy Spirit that is now upon our lives. You can read that in Luke chapter 12. Jesus said, when you're brought before the court and the magistrate, don't worry about what you're going to say. In that hour, the Holy Spirit will give you what to say. Not only does he give us a language, new languages to pray in, but he also brings word, uh, understanding that we can speak in witnessing to others and speaking the truth. Could you say Amen. Now, nextly, we don't have to force our words upon people. We just have to be willing to follow the leading of the Holy Spirit. And as Jesus promised, he will give us the words to be an effective witness for him when we step out in faith to be used in the harvest field. The power and the endowment with power was for the purpose of the harvest. Think about what disciples said. Lord, will you restore the kingdom at this time? We're always interested in Bible prophecy. When the Lord's going to come back. Let me tell you when he's coming back. When you don't expect him. So what he's supposed to do, live ready every day. The best way, live ready. Amen? And so just settle that. The Father's got that taken care of. What we're supposed to do, he says, what you need to be concerned about is you're going to be my witness. The purpose of the power was to make you a witness. Amen? Doing all right? Amen. Secondly, secondly, we receive a new dimension added to our prayer life. And I'm going to go through this quickly because we covered a lot of it, but I wanted to put a resource in your hand today and walk through it with you so you know that praying in the Spirit, or excuse me, being baptized with the Holy Spirit is more than just a prayer language in our life. See, in the past, you may have had difficulty in spending quality time in prayer. You may have felt limited in words and the understanding of what and how to pray. You may have felt inadequate or even unqualified to pray effectively for yourself and especially for others. Amen. Think about all the different situations. If you have been uh, on our prayer chain or dealing with anything like that and you get the, the texts that go out from, from Pastor Sue and others in, in, in our prayer, there, there's some uh, great requests that come out. People that are facing physical needs, emergencies in their life. And we're seeing great answers to prayer. But sometimes, how do you pray? We can feel so restricted and limited in how to pray. And that's where the Holy Spirit comes alongside to help us. In fact, I, I, I want to read this to you out of the Message Bible. I put it in here. And I want to bring it up and just read it to you. But when we went through this a few weeks ago, I shared this with you out of 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verses 13 through 15. And... Uh, I'm pulled up here, and uh, you can follow along if you have it in your Bibles, or you can just listen to me as I read this to you out of the Message Bible. 1 Corinthians 14, verses 13 through 17 says this, So when you pray in your private prayer language, so listen to what Paul's saying in 1 Corinthians 14, when you pray in your private prayer language, don't hoard the experience for yourself. Pray for the insight and abilities to bring others into that intimacy. He says, if I pray in tongues, my spirit prays, but my mind lies fallow. And all, the intel all that intelligence is wasted. So what's the solution? The answer is simple enough. Do both. 
I should be spiritually free and expressive as I pray, but I should also be thoughtful and mindful as I pray. I should sing with my spirit and sing with my mind. If you give a blessing using your private prayer language, which no one understands, how can some outsider who has just shown up and has no idea what's going on say amen? Your blessing might be meaningful, but you have very effectively cut that person off. So Paul says when you pray, there, there's, a, there's direction for that prayer and how it's supposed to be used, and that's where he's bringing order to what they do. But he says there's a place where your spirit prays and where your mind prays. If you have your Bibles, turn to Romans 8 real quick. I want to read this with you because I want you to see it what the Holy Spirit does is he gives us the invitation to allow him, you've been given an invitation by God through the Spirit to allow him to be the intercessor through your life. The Holy Spirit, when you feel inadequate, when you don't feel like you know how to pray, what to pray, or have the understanding on all this, Paul says, when I pray in the Spirit, my understanding is unfruitful, but my Spirit is praying in languages that He gives that I don't understand, but my Spirit is praying by the Holy Spirit. In verse 8, verse 26, it says, likewise, the Spirit also helps in our weaknesses, that's that place where grace comes in. That's why I say this is a grace. For we do not know what, the, what, what we should pray for as we ought, but the Spirit Himself, somebody say the Spirit Himself, makes intercession for us, and literally that means through us, with groanings which cannot be uttered. One of the original translations says, with inarticulate speech that we don't know. We can't articulate that. But it is the Holy Spirit praying through us. And so I don't know, but God has made a way that when I'm up against this challenge of prayer, He's given us the benefit of the baptism of the Holy Spirit as that allowing the Spirit to use my voice to be the intercessor and pray God's perfect will. Verse 27 says, Now he who searches the heart knows what the mind of the Spirit is because he makes intercession for the saints according to the will of God. One translation says he prays the perfect will of God. How many know God's will is perfect? Say, so you want to pray? I want to pray the will of God for this situation. Then the baptism of the Holy Spirit, I believe this. The reason God gave tongues as a sign, as a confirmation, so we could know we got it. How do I know I got it? How do I know I have the power? I will give you a confirming sign so that you know you have it. And now how does, this, how does this interchange and interaction work between myself and the Holy Spirit? So think about it. Now, He does the praying through us using our new gift of tongue. Let me just say it again. It is a work of grace that He does in our life. When we pray, we can allow the Holy Spirit to pray using our voice with the new languages that He gives us to pray with. This is to become an important part of our walk with the Lord, trusting the Holy Spirit and letting His voice become Letting our voice become His voice in the earth. Praying in the Spirit with the new languages that He gives must be used and exercised regularly by faith in order for it to grow and be developed and for us to reap the benefits and blessings that are connected to this amazing gift in our life. So many people think that praying in the Spirit, you have to be, if you have all the emotion, have all the feeling, you have to have God bumps all over you, you have to be trembling, the atmosphere has to be right, the lights have to be down, everything has to be down. Oh, okay. I'm ready. No. Mom, pray in spirit when you're changing diapers. You know how dads make it through diaper changing? By the Holy Ghost. Amen. So in everyday experience, in everyday life, as you're driving in your car, as you're going through time, just begin to pray in the spirit. Allow the Holy Spirit to flow through you. Become comfortable. 
How many know when you first get into a relationship with people, the conversation's kind of awkward, uncomfortable, and you just kind of, but learn just to communicate with the Holy Spirit, and you do it always by faith, allowing Him to flow through you. It's a personal relationship that has grown and developed together. Are you with me this morning? Praise God. So watch it. But allow it to grow. Thirdly, we receive a transformation in our worship. Your worship should be going, if you're baptized with the Holy Spirit, worship's supposed to go to a whole new level. Amen. Once we're baptized in the Holy Spirit, worship services become a new experience for us. The Holy Spirit has come to transform every area of our lives. And see, the reason I'm bringing all this up, because so many times people think, or think, well, you guys are just all caught up in tongues. I'm not caught up in tongues. That's one aspect of what the Holy Spirit does. He does an amazing, complete work in our lives. Are you with me? And so it's transformational to it. The Holy Spirit has come to transform every area of our lives, including our worship. Understand one area. It, it blends out and, and, and fuses out into every area. Jesus promised in John 37 through 39, he stood up on the last day of the feast and he declared this, out of your innermost being, or out of your inner heart, out of your heart will flow. Somebody say will flow. Rivers of living water. This he spoke of the Holy Spirit who had not yet been given because he had not yet been glorified. Amen? But when Jesus was glorified, he was received by the Father, received the promise, and then he poured it out. And on the day of Pentecost, Peter said, this is the, is the confirmation that Jesus had been received by the Father, been glorified because he's poured out the promise. And this is what you now see and hear, Acts 2.38. Amen? And so we received that way. Praise the Lord. So now watch this. So also... Jesus declared to the woman at the well in John 4. If you have your Bibles, you can turn to John chapter 4. This is one of my favorite passages to preach on. There is so much in John chapter 4 and Jesus' encounter with the woman at the well. It is just, you could spend a whole year preaching out of that one chapter. Amen. In verse 19, the woman said to him, John 4 and verse 19, Sir, I perceive that you are a prophet. And then she says, our fathers worshiped on this mountain, and you Jews say in Jerusalem is the place where one ought to worship. How many know, depending upon what church you go to, people have all kinds of different ideas about worship. He says, I don't care, you worship this way, we worship that way. It's not about who, how you worship or where you worship, it's about who you worship. Amen? And so in all of that, and so they go through this whole thing, and I always say this, it is amazing. Very few sinners want to talk to God about worship. When's the last time God was convicting you of something and you just started singing praise songs? You just wanted, you just wanted to go into discourse with him about worship and how, 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 how astute you are in understanding of the principles of worship. Wow. This lady is pressing in to the presence of God. She's perceiving and she's pressing in. Now watch what Jesus said. Woman, you be, woman, believe me, the hour is coming when you will neither worship on this mountain, nor in Jerusalem, worship the Father. You worship what you do not know. We know it. We worship for salvation is of the Jews. But the hour is coming and now is. Somebody say now is. The hour is coming now is when true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. Paul also said, I, I will sing in the spirit. I, I will sing. Out of my spirit, I will sing. So I can sing from my mind and I can sing from my spirit. But Jesus says true worship, that the river of life worship, that artesian well of worship, comes out of our spirit. 
Because God is truth. For the Father is seeking such to worship Him. God is spirit. And those who worship Him must worship Him in spirit and in truth. So Jesus declared that the hour is coming when we would worship God in spirit, not in tradition. You know, we used to sing years ago. I remember we were first passing our first church. And, and we transitioned from singing from hymnals to singing off the wall. We went from hymnals to, to uh, uh, projectors, overhead projectors and transparency slides. And before we could print them, we were handwriting them. And hopefully somebody had good handwriting. People, oh, my God, they're singing off the wall. We've gone into heresy. <laughs> okay. Praise the Lord. And then, you know, we transitioned from there, and then we're doing this, and then we're doing that. Next thing you know, we're adding a little atmosphere, doing all this stuff and everything else. And that's cool. I like all that. Amen. I like stuff. Amen. And so we're doing this. But, but people get so caught up in tradition instead of worship. And so tradition is always being confined and restricted to form or style. It's not about form or style. It's about heart. He says, out of your innermost heart. Amen. You can have some of the most anointed worship singing out of hymnals. And you can have some of the most dead worship singing out of hymnals. You can have some of the most anointed worship singing off of walls. Singing the newest song. Whatever. Singing a new song. If it's not from the heart. If it's not out of the Spirit. That's the point. So this means that both in our personal lives and our corporate times of worship. Think about it. In those times, there's a new dimension for us to enter into in the Spirit. We're no longer restricted to simply worship God with our mouth and our mind. Or just out of our soul. Soulish worship just comes out of our mind and our emotions. We're caught about how it makes me feel. This is the question that we ask about worship. Worship is never about whether you were blessed. True worship is never about whether you were blessed. True worship is about whether your worship bless God. If my worship, my praise isn't to bless Him, we are here to worship God. Amen? And what's amazing is, is God is a reciprocating God. And when I pour myself out to Him, He pours Himself out to me. Amen. We all, he always responds. So transformation is that's what the Holy Spirit does. He comes and He gives us a way to worship God in such a way that our worship now blesses Him. Think about what happened on the day of Pentecost. They all began to speak and the people that heard them, heard them praising, glorifying, and magnifying God. They didn't hear them doing anything. They weren't blessing themselves. They were declaring, listen to what it said, they were declaring the wonderful works of God. That's what they heard them saying. Praise and worship and adoration unto Him. Amen? Think about what happens in heaven. When they worship in heaven, what do they do? They fall down and they cast their crowns before God and they cry, glory, 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 holy, 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 worthy, worthy, worthy. Are you doing all right? And so when I worship, when the Holy Spirit leads us to be able, I don't know about you, I love being able to worship in the Spirit and praying in heavenly languages because I want to give God the glory that He is due. I want to say the best thing that I can for Him. And He even gives me not only to pray and, and be an intercessor for others and for necessities and needs in our lives and for people's lives, but He gives us the ability by His Spirit to give Him praise that He is worthy of. He fills that void in our life. Isn't God good? 
Think about it. So from this point on in your life, purpose, purpose to worship God from within or from the inside out. I shared in first service again. I love Revelation chapter 1 and uh, where John is on the Isle of Patmos. I want to think about it. Revelation, the most, one of the most amazing books in the Bible, in the New Testament, the book, The Revelation of Jesus Christ. I want you to think about where John got this. John has been sentenced and exiled to the Isle of Patmos. It is a human rock quarry. And he is there crushing and breaking rock and smashing rocks that they use to pave the streets. He's grinding and making human asphalt to pave streets. And chipping out stones for buildings and stuff. And here he is on that aisle. And all the things that we think are necessary for worship, none of them exist there. He didn't have a band. He didn't have a wall. He didn't have a hymnal. He didn't have anything. He didn't have anything. There were no lights. There were no smoke machine. There was no nothing. There was nothing to dim. Amen? There was, there was nothing just a rock. Revelation 1.10 I was in the Spirit on the Lord's day. On this island, in exile and persecution, I was in the Spirit on the Lord's day. And I heard behind me a voice saying, I am the Alpha, the Omega. The beginning and the end. The first and the last. He who was, he who is, and he who is to come. Just saying that. I'm getting God bumps right now without lights. Think about that. Just being, entering into His presence and God come. The Holy Spirit has opened the door for us to be in the Spirit when we worship. Amen? Anywhere any time, any condition. I love all the stuff. I love the atmosphere. I love us getting together. I love creating a freedom where people feel good. But you take all the atmosphere. If you don't enter in, none of it means anything. You must choose to be in the Spirit, to enter in. Are you doing all right? Amen. That's the benefit that He brings into our lives. Think about it. And then lastly, we, or the, the last two things, we see a, a new revelation. The Holy Spirit, the baptism of the Holy Spirit brings new revelation to bear upon our life. The Bible becomes now an open book. Many of you have had friends or you felt, man, when I read the book, I, I just don't understand it. That's because you're reading from your head. The Bible is a spiritual book. It's not a natural book. This is not a novel. Amen? It's not just a book of stories. It's a book of revelation. In fact, the, the, the title of that book is The Revelation of the Lord Jesus Christ. That's revelation, and you're only going to understand it through revelation knowledge. Or the, the knowledge that's contained in it being revealed to you. Remember when Jesus said to Peter, when he asked him, Who do men say that I am? And Peter said, You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. Jesus said, Flesh and blood is not re." Revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. So God, by the Spirit, revealed to Peter that Jesus was the Christ. On the road to Emmaus, I'm going to skip through this quickly, but on the road to Emmaus, the disciples are walking after the resurrection. Jesus is joined to them, and they begin to talk about it. And he questions him, well, what's going on? What do you guys happen? Oh, haven't you heard? And then the Bible says that as they walked and they sat down to eat with them, he began to open the Scriptures to them. And they come away from that after he left. He goes, oh, didn't our hearts burn within us? Didn't our 
hearts burn within us as he opened the scriptures to us. And in Luke chapter 24, verses 44 through 45, I believe is there in your outline. It says that when Jesus appeared to his disciples, it says that he opened their understanding to be able to understand everything that was written in Moses in the prophet. So the, the word of God is spiritually understood. 2 Corinthians 2, chapter verses 6 through 14 tell us that the word of God, man, the natural man doesn't understand. It is spiritually discerned. And so the Holy Spirit opens this doorway. The baptism of the Holy Spirit brings this doorway of open understanding into our lives. Can you shout a good amen this morning? In John chapter 16, Jesus said the Holy Spirit would come and he would be our teacher. Look at what he said. He will come and he's going to lead you into all truth. Everything that I have received, he is going to reveal to you. He will take everything that I have and he will reveal it. He will show it to you. So I have to come under the tutelage of the Holy Spirit. I have to allow him to teach me. And the only way to do that is I have to be spirit inside mine. I have to choose to learn on the inside. Go with me to 1 John chapter 2. Can we read a couple more verses? The band's going to come back in just a minute. Praise the Lord. 1 John. Chapter 2, I want to read two verses to you. Verse 20, watch it. But you have an anointing. Somebody say an anointing. You have an anointing from the Holy One. The anointing is that endowment with power, the Holy Spirit. Watch it. And you know all things. Look at John. You know all things. Everybody look up here. You're born again, baptized with the Holy Spirit. You already know all things. How? Because you have an anointing that contains all knowledge. You have the Holy Spirit. You, you have the knowledge of all things. I know it. Where do I know it? I know it right here on the inside. And it's already in me. I just need to say, Holy Spirit, reveal it to me. Now make it known. Help me get it from here to here. Because when, when it goes from the transformation and the renewing of my mind from here to here, my, my faith goes to a new, new level. Everything about my life goes to a new level. The devil loses power and, and deception off of my life. Are you getting this this morning? The Holy Spirit brings such benefits into our life. And so now the Spirit of God, look at verse 27. But the anointing, somebody say anointing. The anointing which you have received from him abides in you. And you do not need that anyone should teach you, but as the same anointing teaches you concerning all things, it is true and is not a lie, and just as it is taught to you, and you will abide in Him. Praise the Lord. So we have this great teacher that is available to us. That's why I said, I'm not supposed to be your answer. I'm supposed to be your appetizer. Amen. So that you go, man, Holy Spirit, show me. What, what in the world was Pastor talking about? Why is he always so fired up? Why is he saying that? Show me what he's trying to say. I, I, wanna know, I want to know that. I, I got, the knower lives on the inside. So I connect with him. As the worship team comes back, look at number five. Amazing things begin to happen when you yield to the teaching ministry of the Holy Spirit. Number five, we receive a new voice within and though that voice comes in connection with the gifts and ministry of the Spirit. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 4 through 11, breaks down and gives us the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Now, I don't have time to do it, but there are different places. Romans chapter 12 gives us uh, uh, the gifts of God. Ephesians 4 gives us the gifts of Christ. And 1 Corinthians 12 gives us the gifts of the Holy Spirit. You doing all right? 
Okay? And so in those areas, God puts gifts in our life. God operates through his gifts in our life. Jesus operates by the gifts of the apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, teacher in the church. And then the Holy Spirit operates by the nine gifts of the Spirit in the body of Christ in the earth today. And so in that, in verse 7, listen to what it says in verse 7. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 7 says, But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man. Paul writing to the church at Corinth, and he says, hey, listen, church people, the manifestation of the Holy Spirit, the word manifestation in the Greek, if you'll look it up, it's a word, it's defined as expression by extension. God says, I will now express myself in the earth. I will manifest and show myself by extending myself into my people. Amen? expression by extension now this is where I get excited because God said this is how I want to operate in the earth I want to show who I am to people through your life are you kidding me God you, you want to you, you God, just go out just go for a drive today and look at all of creation the God who created everything you will ever see the glorious God of all creation says, I want to make myself known by expressing myself through your life. Is this a joke? Is this a prank call? Really? You, you want to use me. That's the best invitation you will get in your whole life. I said, this is what I'm going to do. The same way I was upon my son. The same spirit that my son walked in. To get him all the way to and through Calvary. The same spirit that anointed him to do every work of ministry and miracle that he did. I'm now putting that same spirit upon and you're going to walk in that same power. I just don't believe I need that today. I'm good. Oh my goodness. No. Are you kidding me? So what he's done, he comes and he places these amazing gifts in our life. And they begin to work. His gifts functioning through our lives make each one of us effective and active members of the body of Christ. God makes us, he activates us by his spirit in the body. And these nine gifts of the spirit, they, look, at, look at what they come in. Word of wisdom. God gives words of wisdom. How many could use some wisdom in your life? How many could use a word of knowledge on what to do with the wisdom you just got? Amen. So word and wisdom and knowledge go hand to hand. So we need we can we need that. How many could say you could use some discerning of spirits in your life? Oh, who's, what, what is that? What's behind that? What's up? So, so that you know how to deal with it, how to take authority over it. Amen. Not judgment, but that. But how many could use a gift of healing in your body? So I said, this is what I do. I'll flow with gifts of healing. I'll flow with wisdom. I'll flow with knowledge. I'll flow with discerning of spirit. I'll flow with power through your life. How many could use a, a faith operating in your life? I mean, so look at what P Peter operated. Sometimes they'd go tandem together. Peter at the gate, beautiful, just began to agree with the Holy Spirit. He realized, what God, silver and gold have I none, but such as I have. I realized I just got to deposit. God just 
downloaded himself into my life. I'm no longer doing this by myself. I'm no longer vacillating back and forth. I'm no longer flaky Peter. I'm Holy Ghost Peter. And he goes, silver and gold have I none, but such as I have give I unto you. And in that moment, faith and miracles and healing exploded in that body. And get this, so many times we give up because we've had long-term issues in our life. This is a man who was crippled from birth for 38 years. He had never walked. He had zero muscle development, just little skinny, undeveloped muscle leg, just little, little little stuff hanging on there but immediately muscles grew and tendons and strength and he rising up leaping and shouting and dancing and praising God Uh, I just don't think we need that today in the church working of miracles prophecy the now declaration of God's will tongues and interpretation stand to your feet with me They come to us. God begins to come. We begin hearing this inner voice in our lives. God says, that person needs to know that I love them. And, and, And I need to tell them. And I need to show them that I love them. And I need you to go for me and let them know. I'm going to give you a word for that person. I'm going to have you give you some, some knowledge into what they're going through. And you're going to speak to them. And then I want you to lay hands on them. And I want you to tell them that I'm going to heal them right now. I'm going to reveal to you what they're going through. And then I want you to heal them. Because they need to know that I love them. That I sent my son to die for them. And I can reach them if I can go to them through you. And I'm not asking you to do it on your own. I'm going to equip you with the power and the anointing and the ability to do it. (laughs) I'm not a smart man. But I can figure out that requires, all that requires on my behalf is yes. Amen? Oh God, it's just for me to say yes. So we begin to hear that voice rise up in the inside of it. Some of you have felt that the Holy Spirit stirring and pushing you. When that happened, it could be in our altar times of prayer and you feel like God's giving you. Just come to one of them. Say, Pastor, we've had it down. People have come. I feel like I have a word. This is for somebody. God wants to do this. Come. Come on. We'll, we'll, we'll work this out. We'll make this happen. Amen? Hallelujah. See, the door's been opened to us so that we can walk in the Spirit, desire spiritual gifts. Paul said, seek the prophesy. Amen. We can overcome our fears and we can choose not to quench the Spirit. Say this with me. God is with us. Say this. God is with me. Amen. So He's with you. So just choose to walk in the Spirit. Right now where you're standing, I want you just to bow your head just for a moment. And maybe in this message, the Holy Spirit has stirred something in your heart. Maybe you're here today and you've never given your life to Christ and you say, you know what? You're talking about being filled with the Spirit. I've never even been born again. But today, I know that God has life. I want this life. This sounds exciting. I want to live this life in the Spirit with God. I want this kind of relationship with God. I've gone to church, but I've never heard about church being alive like this. I I want a living relationship with God. That we want to pray with you this morning. 
Maybe you're here this morning, you've never been baptized in the Holy Spirit. You're not sure, you've heard all the evident teaching, but you've, you've never had that release of the Holy Spirit in your life and praying in other tongues. And today, you want to be baptized with the Holy Spirit, we want to pray with you. Maybe you're here today and you say one of these areas, God, and maybe you're here and you used to flow in the thing. You had appetite, you had desire, but the root, rut of routine has grabbed a hold of your life. Today you say, God, I, w- I want to rekindle and fan that flame back up in my life. Maybe you need that today. But I want you to just take 30 seconds and just ask the Lord, Lord, what are you saying to me? And what do you want me to do in response to this message? Would you just bow your heads and just ask the Lord? What he's said to you this morning. Lord, what are you trying to say to me? How do you want me to respond? Is it in being a bolder witness? Is it in my prayer life? Is it in my worship? Is it in my time in the Word? Is it in opening up my life to your gifts and ministry? Lord, how do you want me to respond this morning? Just ask him.